episode 75 of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chibber, and we are recording on Thursday, June 16th. Woohoo! This is, <laughs> we're in this boat because everything is coming out and like I know. trying to figure out what we're going to talk about, when we're going to talk about it with this whole like double whammy of Obi-Wan and Miss Marvel. I know. <laughs> this is like both like so solidly in our wheelhouse, like... <laughs> It's like, what do you even do? So yeah, we are, I feel like our recording schedule is a little bit weird over the next uh, few weeks, but we are going to try and cover everything we can. And then like we still, we have to do Doctor Strange. Oh God, yes, right. Which I think comes to streaming next week. And Mm -hmm. then like, I think something starts up like in, I think like it doesn't Andor start up in July or something. She-Hulk. Oh yeah, She-Hulk. Is soon. And Andor, Andor is August, I believe. Okay, okay. And I think She-Hulk is before then. There are too many shows. There's too much There's, there's too much stuff. It's too, too much. much stuff. So today yeah. we are going to talk about Obi-Wan episodes three through five. Yes. Um, We're going to wait on Ms. Marvel. There's like one point I want to bring up, which we will bring up at the just before Obi-Wan. Um, but we'll do episodes maybe two and three two of and Ms. Three. Marvel next week along with the obi-wan finale (laughs) yes yes that sounds right that sounds right yeah yeah okay (laughs) we can do it we can do it we can do it (laughs) never mind i've got a book deadline in two weeks you're in the middle of edits and like i've got two like what like two like one or two episode like far out scripts to write next week but we'll do it we'll do it we got it we'll do it i know i was like all my so as you well know, but so everybody else knows, the fun thing about freelance is you say yes to everything mm-hmm. because you're panicking about when the next project will come along. So it's your instinct to and be also, like, yes, yes. If you are also in a position where you get really cool opportunities yes. you genuinely want to work on, like the stuff you do is so cool. 100%. It's all stuff that I don't want to say no to, but that means I have in the last week have gotten revisions on five active projects all do within the next like six weeks (laughs) and so we're gonna do it we're gonna do it (laughs) um okay but first but first news yes i would like to talk about very quickly some news that dropped this morning which is that my sweet bisexual disaster son tim drake is getting his own series again i'm so excited in September, we're going to get Tim Drake, Red Ro- or not Red Robin, sorry, that's pre, that's old, old Tim Drake. Tim Drake Robin okay, is starting in okay. September with Megan Fitzmartin writing, who did his stories in Urban Legends, mm-hmm. uh, and Riley Rossmo doing art. And okay. I'm so excited. That's cool. I love him so much. Okay, okay. That's very cool. He's such a disaster. He's my favorite. Is he like your Peter Parker of the DC Universe? No, I would put that on because because you always you often okay because you often describe peter parker as you're also your favorite disaster he is yes i the robins are in like sort of their own lane i feel like and like i feel very equipped to write peter parker i feel like writing and any of the robins is something that would take a lot more work okay okay like it's not an accessible disaster necessarily okay in the same way that peter parker is this is a fun conversation okay wait so accessible do you mean you also feel like a trash human in your 30s who just can't get your shit together and is living on like a bare mattress in your apartment (laughs) is is that is this genuinely how you feel metaphorically yes (laughs) i was gonna be like 
because I'm looking at your apartment right behind you, and you have a quite the nice apartment. <laughs> Metaphorically. Okay. Yes. Okay. 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 All right. Oh man, this is. I do think there's a there's an essay in here somewhere on the accessibility of disasters, like on the scale of. Yeah. Like- no, I'm curious because. Like, what makes it, what makes, like, Peter Parker a more accessible disaster? And is it, like, you think he's generally written as a more accessible disaster? Or is he more accessible to you personally? I think he's written as a more accessible disaster. I think he's written as a more accessible character. And, like, the Robins are aspirational disasters. And Spider-Man is an accessible disaster. This is the scale. Aspiration to accessible disaster characters. That's interesting. That's interesting. Okay. I, 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 my limited knowledge of the Robins is like, I've read a few of the comics runs and they were great, but mostly Dick Grayson. Like I know a lot about Dick Grayson. I don't know He's much a delight. about anyone else. Yes. He's a delight. We like, love, I know, love I know Grayson. the Joker murdered Jason Todd. That's like basically all I know about him. And like, yeah. Less of a delight. i think we should we should do a really fun episode at some point on various like robin i I would be curious honestly i would be curious to do an episode with you on like character like just like just like why because like what makes them ask like i i could ask you like a million more questions but we were like oh we're gonna do news really fast and like (laughs) here we are five minutes in and having like a deep conversation on character but i am curious like because as somebody who aspirationally wants to write fiction but Mm -hmm. is still finding my legs and like i am comfortable playing in other people's sandboxes like i've come more comfortable with some of the ip work that has come my way than like creating my own Mm-hmm. characters because I I'm just curious like I'm curious like what you know I'm I have a lot of like I'm curious about that so anyway I, I think we should do one I think it I would think be fun should. <laughs> um maybe when your book comes out we'll do like a special episode on character that would yes. be fun actually this is news I did not write down yes! but I should this, say you know, write this down please say this is Spider-Man Social Dilemma unfortunately the the release date has been bumped two weeks I got hit with supply chain issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of July, 12th, I like that you. I like that you said that in the same tone of voice. I was like, technically, I'm homeless. <laughs> I mean, like they they hurt. They both hurt pretty bad. I'm sure yeah. John Ralphio and I were going through the same thing. Um, but yeah, so now it comes out July 26th. So, so two you extra weeks. Two extra weeks to get your pre-orders in. I've got some stickers left and Little Shop of Stories in Decatur, Georgia is doing signed copies. Like I'm going to go into the store and sign them um, and they ship nationwide. So that is something I should have written down and said at the top, but I didn't. Well, that's just okay. Remembered. We, we, well, well, we remember, remember, remembered. So like it's, it's, it's good. <laughs> it's good. Um. Okay. I, we will be fast with the rest of this. So Joker 2. Lady Gaga is in talks. I can't remember if it's been like confirmed, but there confirmed. is conversation about possibly being a musical, which I'm into it. Right? And you said to me on on I think te- like via text like you were like it's like or I think you maybe you said this on Twitter anyway, like the people who were into the first one are pro- are all like oh my god, what? And the people who weren't into the first one are all like, "Oh, oh, yeah, interesting. I would watch that." Yeah. Because like I didn't, I didn't see the first I one. See I the first one. I don't really care about seeing the first one. Even my husband was like, who would had no interest in the first one, was like, "Oh, Lady Gaga, I would watch that." <laughs> <laughs> he actually really 
likes Lady Gaga. Like, he's like, she's a really good singer. She is. Uh, yeah, she's an excellent she's, singer. She's excellent. And she's actually a very great actress, too. Yeah. Did she, hasn't she won an Oscar? Or nominated or something? Did she win for... She won for song though, I think, right? She didn't win for was it probably the the I think the, she might have been nominated. Bradley Cooper on a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A star is born. Mm-hmm. Um no, but I think she would be I love Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, but if Gaga's for Harley Quinn as like a musical Harley Quinn, like I'm down. I will mm-hmm. watch the crap out of that. hmm Yeah. I agree. Um, okay. Other very quick news, Loki season two, Eugene Cordero is coming back. I don't know what it means, but I'm excited about it. Yeah, I actually didn't see this news. Do we know anything about Loki season two? This, well, just that. Um, I mean, that it exists and will, it it exists. will exist, obviously. The showrunner but... left, Kate okay. Uh, okay. Heron, and um, two of the Moon, Moon Knight directors are going to be showrunning Loki season two. Okay, that's a disappointment, but also like I will take it. Like yeah, like it's fine. People want to move on. That's cool. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what comes of it. Moonlight. Moon Knight was great. It was really fun. Yep. Um, it's not the showrunner for Moon Knight though. It is two of the episodic directors. Okay. Who are okay. coming in? Uh, and then Spider Verse news. This was very funny actually. So Spider Verse two did a big announcement earlier this week that the spot is going to be the main villain voiced mm-hmm, by Jason Schwartzman. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, like truly coincidentally, the villain in the second Spider-Man social dilemma book is the spot. So like, I, I was like, please, I feel like this is a sign that we yes, should absolutely. collaborate Spider-Verse friends. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I agree. I think so. But I'm excited. I feel like it's coming out 2023. Mm-hmm. Five years between when the first one came out and the second, but it's, I feel like it'll be worth it. I trust in them to make something great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought um, you meant, I'm sorry, I thought you meant your book, uh, there would be five years between your book one and two. And I was like, am no. I thinking of different book? Does your book not come out this year? How is it five years between no. 2022? And 2023 was really like where I was going with that. And like, I was trying to make that math work in my head. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm tired. No, I think I think my I do think my second book is supposed to come out in 2023. Granted, oh, I, I just got just, I was gonna be like, I don't know about that, especially, you know, with uh, we'll dreaded got... supply chain issues. I feel like everything is being like preemptively moved. Pushed. Ooh, mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Either way, 2023, if they both come out, you're the spot. I'm telling yes. you. Yep. Um, all right, this last bit is you. Yeah, so um, the Star Trek Four movie has a little bit of an update. It's not really official, but multiple of the actors have basically said everyone's up for it. It's just a matter of getting everybody's schedules to align, which is a really good sign because for a while people were like, I'm not doing that, you know. So now it looks like Paramount is like shelling out the money and everybody is on board. Now it's just a matter of every, you know, there's a lot of really amazing actors in that movie and it's yeah. busy. they're all busy. So getting them to... Um, getting them all together is going to be tough, but it's a great, it's, I'm really excited for this movie. Like, I really love this cast. Um, I love, like, I love, I, I am a, like, I know people have very mixed feelings about the Kelvin universe, but I loved that first movie. I loved the third movie. Um, Second, you know, not my favorite, but like there, there, there are pieces of the second I do actually still really like. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I watched the first one and I really loved it. I saw the second one. I did not love it. Yeah. And I have not seen the third because I didn't third. like the second. I actually think you would really love the third. Um, it's all about, like, it, it puts 
characters you don't expect together. So like it makes for some really cool pairings like that, you know, it's not, it's always like Kirk and Spock. So like mm-hmm. this like mixes that up a little bit. Um, a lot of it is like, everyone's a little bit disillusioned at the beginning of the movie. They've been on some really long missions. Like Kirk is thinking of like leaving the enterprise. Like it's like, it's like all, and it's just kind of about family. All right. I do like, like that. about yeah and like kind of coming back together finding yourself like finding you know you know finding togetherness as like a crew and like working together and what that means and what it means to be like a part of the federation and a part of something bigger like yeah I I don't know I really I really like it I'm gonna I it's on my list of things because I feel like you've told me before that I would enjoy it so I'm gonna watch I think it. so someday yeah, I'm gonna I watch so. it soon hopefully yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, before we dive into Obi-Wan, I know we mentioned that we'll talk more in depth about Ms. Marvel next week, but mm-hmm. one thing I did want to bring up about this week's episode, because it was something I've been thinking about since I watched it, is that they talk about partition. Yes, they do. Yeah. In the second episode, which mm-hmm. is not something that is often referenced or rarely, if ever, I think, referenced in sort of stories that are coming out of u.s media um which is bananas because it is a probably the most traumatizing event for south asians in recent history and And it is traumatizing every family has a partition story like everybody i know everybody my family has one i'm sure your family has one Mm -hmm. everybody has every um, like every south asian person i know has a partition story in their family yeah whether like they know about it or not like i don't know the details of my family's partition story but i know there's enough trauma around it that i don't know the details of my family's partition story you know i know people died i know like that's yeah. yeah, I mean, it was the greatest sort of, like, forced migration. Um, basically, what partition was is when the British le- were leaving India, they forced the breaking of India into, um, at the time, Pakistan, East Pakistan, and India, with India in between. And it was just, like, forcing people to go across borders, and it was violent and awful. Many people died. Many families were separated yeah, the population was intermixed, like Hindu, Muslim, they all lived like, you know, like in the same cities and in the same and like, you just had to like leave your house and leave everything behind and just go. Mm-hmm. And- it was a divide and conquer. It was what they were there to do, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Ms. Marvel acknowledged it. There's like a brief conversation. We'll get into it next week. Um, but it was just really cathartic for that acknowledgement to happen in mm-hmm. a mainstream TV series like this that so many people are going to watch because it's Marvel. And yeah. so it was a, it's a great opportunity to sort of share histories that otherwise don't get shared. Um, and it's one of those things where like people are sharing the screenshots and the captions on Twitter and the number of like comments below there were like, I didn't even know this was a yep. thing where like in our families, this is like the thing. Mm-hmm. This is the, the event. And like, and so the idea that like that is getting going to get talked about more is you know you can tie a lot to that event it was because it's recent it's so recent it's Uh you know my grandfather's time is what it is Mm -hmm. it's not great grandfather Mm -hmm. it's not you know no it's hundreds of years it's like 80 years ago yeah um so yeah more on that next week but i i think we both kind of wanted to 
acknowledge it and Mm -hmm. recognize it as something that is the discussion that's happening right now, which is really nice to see. Um, All right, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan episodes, part they're just called parts, I think, but part three or part five. Oh, boy. Yeah, there's some trauma in these episodes. (laughs) Speaking of trauma. (laughs) Speaking of trauma. Okay, I'm going to share my little, my personal trauma before, uh, before we get into these episodes. My child... My my three and a half year old found light of your life. I know the light of my life found my Obi Wan episodes one and three. I don't know what happened to the episode two. Action figure I had one. I don't know what happened to it. Probably got lost that I've been carrying around for like twenty years. (laughs) Probably got lost in a move somewhere. We we just kept them in like a cabinet on the second floor, but it's a locked cabinet that's like kind of complicated to open. And so he must have been testing that door like a fucking velociraptor. (laughs) <laughs> like I imagine like after because like he he's at the age now where he gets out of bed and will like like wander around a little bit before we'll like go back to bed and he'll like run back in bed. But like sometimes I would hear him up there doing things. I'm like, I wonder what he's doing. And now I know what he was doing. He was testing <laughs> that door, figuring out how to open it. So like I hear him up there and I would walk up the stairs and I see him on the floor. And then I'm like sitting on the floor outside his room. I'm like, what is he doing? And I like walk up and there is like these shredded piles oh my God. of like the packaging that I have been like these. And I mean, you know what? The funny thing is I don't even care about the action figures. I've been carrying them around because I've been carrying them around. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to, I don't want to throw them away and like. So I don't know what to do with them. So I just had them in the packaging. But like the moment of like shock when I realized what he had done. And they're toys. I I fully feel like toys are meant to be played with. And like it was so funny because he saw the look on my face. was like, I'm sorry, mama. And I was like, <laughs> no. I was like, nobody. It's a toy. You didn't do anything wrong. You just need to ask before you open things. But like you genuinely, like it's a toy. Like he sees a toy he thinks the toys are for him because he's three and he wants to open it. But oh my God, like I had a moment of like, like it's still like a little bit like, I'll like see the like, his like broken lightsaber arm. Cause of course he broke them. They're cheap toys. He broke it like the second he opened it. I see like the broken like arm holding the lightsaber like strewn on the floor. And it's like a pang of pain in my heart. I am that is my story. I'm laughing a little bit because I've been holding onto a grudge for like far too long. I had, when I was a kid, a, for my, like, I don't know, probably 10th birthday or something, I got a happy birthday Barbie. Like, one of those fancy, Mm -hmm. you know, in the bigger box with, like, a huge dress. And I kept it for years. I didn't open it. I left it in the box. I went away for school. And I came home. And I, like, was, I don't even remember why, but I was, like, looking for it for some reason. And I couldn't find it. And I asked my mom, like, what happened? And she was like, oh, I gave it to the neighbor's <gasps> kid to play with because they came over for dinner. And I was like, what? <laughs> I've been mad for, like, 20 years. Yeah, and it's so funny how you get attached to these objects that you don't actually – care no. about you're just attached to the, the idea, idea of having of it. it yeah yeah it's funny <laughs> but yeah so that is my obi-wan trauma which i feel like leads well into the episodes of three all, through five of yeah. obi-wan kenobi because yeah. there is some trauma in these episodes um all right so at the end of episode two where we left off it was uh obi-wan and leia have escaped reva reva mm-hmm. has just killed or so we think the grand inquisitor mm-hmm. um 
I think the big question coming out of that is how did Reva know that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader? Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of seeing Obi-Wan in the second episode um, hit with a lot of feels, as mm-hmm. they say, of sort of like, you know, he and Leia are on this mining uh, world where Haja has sent them and Haja has said, you can, there's somebody will meet you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a little bit more of a quiet episode where we get to see a lot of sort of emotional uh, ramifications of mm-hmm. what Obi-Wan went through in episode two. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a few key things um, I want to talk about first. Let's talk about the alien um what was his name? Freck? The Freck. mole, okay, the yes. mole thing? The Zach Braff that, voice? Yeah. yeah. Zach Braff. I did not realize that Zach Braff voiced him, but Zach Braff voiced him. And uh, was like Zach Braff was perfect. very excited. He was like, me, because now he and Dama Faison are both in the Star Wars universe. Yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, So I think he was perfect and he was super, he, I think like the voice was absolutely perfect because he came off as very affable, very friendly. But still very, shady. Well, no, I think he came off. I didn't think. I think he came off like very affable, very friendly. I was like, he's going to betray them. I was like, I knew it. I I didn't see it, and I was just like, but then, but then the way he was like, oh no, I knew he was going to betray them, but I like, I just got the homemade imperial sign on the back of his. Oh, I hated it, but yeah, yeah. it was unsettling. Like I just, I found him really compelling because he was so affable. Like nothing about his voice Mm -hmm. spelled like creepiness to me like he was very open seemed very open very friendly but he's like I feel like that was a very that was a statement because mm-hmm. like they're always going to be people like that who you know the empire hates him the empire hated aliens like yep. the empire hates who he is they hate they don't want a place for him in their empire yet he he like is desperate to serve them mm-hmm. and desperate to be helpful for that to them and so like yeah I thought that was a really yeah so creepy I thought it was really well done no, that was great. And like the conversations that we see between um sort of Leia and Obi-Wan in the first part of the episode where you see sort of his grief about Padme and his grief mm-hmm. about his circumstance and his grief. I mean, Owen Owen, Ewan McGregor is like he slipped back into this role so well and it's like time has it's not that no time has passed it's that we're seeing the time past mm-hmm. in a really wonderful way I think mm-hmm. yeah and I think there's a moment where she asks like are you my father oh, god yeah and it's gotten like some weird like weird discussion on like social media but I think like the, when he says like I wish I was because he wants to give this girl some answers yes he wants to give her like a happier background than like what her and he's circumstances of her. her birth yeah like and he he wants to give her that connection because he like feel you know like but like you know and you know he cared for both her mother and her father he wants to give her that and he can't and he's like I wish I were like it's so sad I mean, it's it's what's so great is like this uh, Vivian Lyra Blair who plays Little Leia, who is incredible. Like, she's just really good, outstanding. Yeah, the way that 
she sort of just takes charge, but still makes mistakes, but it doesn't feel like hubris, right? It doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like he shouldn't be listening to her. It feels like he's emotionally reeling, is a little out of his depth, a little out of the game. And this child is Leia. It's Leia who has grown up in, you know, with freaking Bail Organa as her father, who knows how to make choices even at this young age. Yes. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it it comes across really well. Like I am really sensitive to the precocious child stereotype. Mm-hmm. Um and like I a lot of times do not react well to things to like to like things like that and like I think it's done very well. I think it's handled very well. I think she's very good and like there's enough of a like she is decisive and she makes the decisions when she needs to but they're not always perfect mm-hmm. you know they're not always but somebody has to make the decisions that he is not in a place at the right? beginning of this episode to make any decisions because he's panicking he has a vision of anakin at one point mm-hmm. like he is he he like slips up around those like it, it's so tense when the mm-hmm. stormtroopers get in the truck with them and he slips mm-hmm. up and calls her leia it's like, do it they was, know? Do they oh know that Leia is missing? Do they know what the deal is? Do they like know? So yeah. Stressful. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they get to this like checkpoint and it's it's building and they're sort of like Freck gives them up and, and there's going to be this fight. And Indra Varma shows up as the double agent for the Empire, yes. which is great. Like she's working with the like rebellion. Rebellion, which is called the path. Like they right. call it the path, which is like a path for for sensitive people to escape. But um, mm-hmm. what I loved about it is like, you know, she was the one that, that uh, Kamal Nanjiani yes. sent them to meet. And I'm like, <laughs> this is such like, like she's a, like a Desi person, like a South Asian person on a different planet. Like this is very, very, very much like it is offensive to assume that all South Asian people know each other. But also the person you're asking about is my friend's cousin. I will say my initial reaction was like, so we couldn't have a new hope without South Asians in space. Yes, no, it's true. Is what I am understanding. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I agree. I agree. It was Um, great. And Indra is so good. Her character's named, I believe, Tala? Tala. Mm -hmm. Tala. Um, And she is so good and just kind of the like, it's a, they're at a really low point and it's like the ally, like you're like, they need a break. They need to catch a break. It's been, you know, like, meeting Kamile was good but like then after the um after the uh like the the earth shaking revelation that Riva gives Obi-Wan he needs a break he needs like a moment to catch his thoughts and meeting Tala is like gives him that yeah I agree and so she is like getting them out and she takes them to this like little mining village um where there's a space to get into tunnels, which I, there's like an astromech droid that she works with called S4L7, I think. Yeah. Is that it's it? not an astromech though, right? It's No, like no, a, no. Sorry. It's not an astromech. Big, what is the name of the droid? I don't remember, but I, he was amazing. I love that it droid so much. Amazing. Yeah. I, um, I the droid, but No, yeah. she's amazing. I wish like I knew what the droid's name was. Cause now I, yeah. we should have written it down, but I didn't think about it until just now, but there's that droid, droid. Yeah. Um, who you know we're just after the clone wars and so Mm -hmm. there we have to see some of this sort of like anti-droid sentiment right and so this droid is helping them and then it gets real bad real fast 
Yes. One thing that is actually very cool, though, is in the path, uh, people have, like, carved their names into yes. the, uh, like, and he sees Quinlan, uh, Quinlan Voss's name, who, if you haven't read, oh, God, the Ventress novel. I can't, oh, I cannot oh, remember it's so good, it. though. It's really good. Um, and I can't remember it, the name of it, but it's really good. And Quinlan is a, is a big character in that. Uh, no, it's it's really something that's really nice is getting to see this era from the perspective of someone who really lived it and would be impacted by it. And I think that also like that also con- like kind of drilled it into Obi-Wan that other Jedi survived and they've been like taking action. Yes. Not just hi- you know what I mean? Like not just like hiding and not that he is he is watching over Luke, but like he's also hiding. Mm hmm. And it's a way for us to see sort of, you know, it when we thought about Star Wars, it's it's the ever-evolving sort of landscape of Star Wars, which is works well in this mass storytelling perspective in that initially we had, you know, three POVs on what happened. And in those POVs, it was every Jedi was killed. Mm-hmm. Then we get, like, another perspective, and it's like, oh, no, Kane and Jarrus got away. Mm-hmm. Or Cal, Cal got, got away. away. Right, so we're kind of seeing like these pieces of small stories that can then build into a larger conversation and a larger uh, movement, which is really nice of like, of course there would be Jedi who are getting away and who are hiding. And like Force-sensitive people don't stop being born just because the Empire comes into power. Uh, Yeah, the book is, by the way, Dark Disciple by Christy Golden, and it's very good. It's like basically like a like Star Wars romance novel. Yes, I really we, like it. We it's love really it. Good. Um, so they they end up in this mining. They're they're on the cusp of getting into these tunnels when, oh god, <laughs> ships show up. It's it's Riva and because uh, Vader has told Riva that if she finds Kenobi, she will become the Grand Inquisitor mm-hmm. because she's like I know where they're going, like. I know what's going on. That's why I killed the Inquisitor. He wasn't blah, 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 whatever. So Vader shows up with Riva mm-hmm. and Sun Kang, like the the Inquisitors on with him. And when I, this was fucking terrifying. It was, it was intense. Like the way they let us see, and there, it just builds after these several episodes, but the way we see how scary Darth Vader is, mm-hmm. Like in a very real way, when he he's dragging people out of their homes with the force, he snaps somebody's neck. This is like, very like Rogue One Vader, mm-hmm. like the end of Rogue One, like where he's just like terrifying. Yes, which he should be. We know he's a scary villain, and mm-hmm. so they gave him some real teeth in this. And Obi Wan is also terrified; like he mm-hmm. cannot stop watching. And you're like, get out of there mm-hmm. but they're like going door to door and he's like i have to i have to get i have to be the distraction mm-hmm. uh, and we i really didn't think we were gonna get an obi-wan vader like in yeah, our no, and like it was while i was while i was uh while i was watching this um i thought i kept thinking of the new the like line in a new hope where vader's like I've sent a presence I have not felt since. Since. And dot, then he trails dot, off. Dot. And I was like, in that dot, 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 that's why we're getting this scene. Right? The fact that he didn't finish that thought. That's why this scene is possible. And I was like, that's so, like, Ooh. like it's so cool when you think about the way the writers took advantage yes. of those little 
things to like bring us these it's rogue yeah. one right mm-hmm. it's it's taking a single sentence from the opening scrawl of a new hope and creating mm-hmm. an entire compelling film out of it yeah oh it's so good i love it <laughs> so this this fight is terrifying oh, obi-wan God. is out of his depth he is clearly not comfortable with he's like he is just regained his connection with the force kind of and is really clearly not comfortable using it mm-hmm. he's he, he he has some really good moves but like sure. he's not just vader gets his, just gets his ass kicked he gets his ass kicked it's you know the last time we are very cognizant of the last time they saw each other which was in the fiery hell and like yeah. when vader drags obi-wan into the fire mm-hmm Holy shit. Like, that is Vader. Like, he is. This is not like emotionless Vader. This is not. He is so angry. He is angry at him. He is angry at this person who he thought he feels betrayed by. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. It's like a fascinating, like, Vader character it is. Uh, exploration in this series. Because we initially, when we meet Vader, it's he's the kind of dispassionate servant of mm-hmm. that the emperor and over the course of those the original trilogy and he's like patient and care like with mm-hmm. luke like and during the like lightsaber fights with luke he's like patient and careful and like yes because, like his goal like his goal is not to just kill somebody you know he has a goal and that's to turn you know like and like but this his goal is just to kill this guy this and is make anger. it painful like yeah. this is not in service of anything greater other than even if it happens to be in service of something greater, that's not why he's doing the things he's doing. It's terrifying. And so meanwhile, Tala has taken Leia into the tunnels, but knows that she has to go help Obi-Wan. And so leaves Leia to mm-hmm. go to the meeting Find point the pilot. on her own. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Reva finds Leia and mm-hmm. takes her. And Tala saves Obi-Wan. Um through some s- wonderful sniper work at the end of the and the, the 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 droid too and the droid yes the droid mm-hmm. helps I love that droid I know um and that's how the second episode ends with Leia captured by Riva third episode third episode thank you um Leia captured by Riva and Tala and Obi Wan sort of yeah on their own run mm-hmm. and then God, so episode so four I think if I remember correctly opens with uh Obi Wan in a back to tank. Yes, so Obi Wan has been so, and and it's paralleled with Anakin and his back to tent tank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing the back and forth between. It's like this is it's, whew, it's so like intense and stressful, mm-hmm. and I love it so much because this story, of course, this is the story that Obi Wan is telling us. Like, of course, we're gonna see sort of yeah how Obi Wan went from Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope with regards specifically to Anakin. Yeah. And so that's what that's what we're getting. Um also some Jedi Fallen Order uh callbacks in this episode, which was fun. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The and the the ending of the entire like ending, like middle to end of the episode was very reminiscent of Fallen Order, which was really cool. And that was clearly deliberate. And mm-hmm. you know, that was a cool thing to like kind of bring that in. Um so this episode is basically um Obi-Wan isn't fully healed, but he's like, we have to go save her. She's a child. Like, mm-hmm. like we, we have to. We have to. This is like the first time we're seeing him be active. You know what I mean? He has been yes. so passive so far. He didn't want to go. He didn't even want to go rescue Leia. 
and uh you know bill organa like showed up on tatooine and was like hi she's just as important he didn't want to he didn't step in to help that young jedi Mm -hmm. he didn't to help um owen like like he like when owen was under threat he didn't help him like you know leia was the one who was like okay let's ask this like mole man for help because you know you're just like wandering around like you know like it's just he has been so passive Mm -hmm. and so incisive and so like just like damaged like you know and fair fair but like (laughs) her i think this is the thing where he's like this is the first time we really see him be like like besides like it's like it's with her like it's even Mm -hmm. before they ever it's him going to find kamile and then this there's a lot of parallels between like no we where is she like we need to go and so like i really loved that like you feel him come into like himself a little bit. You feel like some of that spark return. I think that's a lot of what this episode is doing is bridging the gap. Putting between... the Kenobi back in Obi. Oh my god! Or maybe it's putting the Obi Wan back in Kenobi. Putting the Obi back in Kenobi. Oh yeah, yeah. There it is. There it is. <laughs> but it 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 is him being more active, and that's that's very much what this episode was. But so we have him sort of come out of this tank and panic and 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 we get wonderful like cameos from Maya Erskine uh and O'Shea Jackson which I was like O'Shea Jackson you look so much like your dad (laughs) like you look exactly like your father but it's awesome uh he has been a delight on Twitter by the way he's like so psyched about being in Star Wars it's very cute he like saw his own pop figure it was adorable um but so they are on um uh, a a planet what is it called somewhere they're on a, some planet Jabeem. I don't remember. they're on yeah. Jabeem they're on Jabeem and meanwhile Reva has taken Leia to the Fortress Inquisitorius yes yes Which on Nur silly name but like m- main thing you need to know is that a lot of the fortress is underwater yes and it's kind of like in the middle of the ocean and kind of like it's 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 not easy to infiltrate no and it's it's what it's the um fortress we see at the end of jedi fallen order it's it's where the last sort of uh battle takes place between cal and vader and it's very stressful um but so they sort of like are they make a plan they're like we have to get to leia and they decide on their end to do that with obi-wan and and that side that the, the path that he the team members of the path meanwhile Riva is interrogating Leia mm-hmm. and Riva is what we kind of learn from here from her here is that she is willing to do anything like yeah, she will she do whatever ruthless. the hell she needs to mm-hmm. she and has no qualms about torturing a child she has zero whatever her end is she is willing to do whatever it takes to get there yep it's but big honestly big Kylo Ren energy coming out of yes, Riva yes I episode. do agree and I also I also, sorry, I was just, what I was going to say is there was big Kylo Ren energy, but she is so much more compelling than Kylo Ren was in a lot of ways to me. Yes, Um, I agree. Like, because just, I don't, oh, and we can get into it, but like, yeah, but um, with episode five, we learn a lot about her backstory, but there's a lot of like predictions that, oh, when she comes face to face with Leia, Leia will turn her a to you know good or whatever and it's just like no she's gonna torture that 
kid. And I also loved that Leia was very able to resist her yes. force. Her force. But this, but like when she, Leia realized that, oh, oh, they're going to torture me. Like she lost all of her like little kid bravado and just like. Panicked. Panicked. And I, I like that. That feels realistic to me because she relies on like what she was trained to do and like what her parents have taught her to do and what she knows is like a royal of Alderaan. But then like when it's like, oh no, they're going to hurt me. Like it's like, oh. like But she, she still doesn't it. give it up. Yeah. She does no, not she give doesn't. up the information. She doesn't like. All that falls away is the bravado, but none yeah. of the actual like strength of holding on to the yeah. information that Riva is looking for. It's it's incredible, honestly. Yeah. Like because it felt believable, like every mm-hmm. second of it, of like she was panicked and she was terrified, but she knew what she needed to do. Yeah. And Riva, on the other hand, I think we said this where we were like in uh our last Obi-Wan episode of like we're looking forward to hearing more and seeing more. Yes, exactly. Because I needed more from her than what they'd given us. Yes. They have, it's been a slow build, but a very effective one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Moses Ingram is so good. She's so good because there is this underlying, I feel like, what prior to seeing episode five and episode four felt like when we say Kylo Ren energy, it felt like there was this like underlying thread of just anger and Mm -hmm. hatred but like inexplicable but you believe it like when you see what she's willing to do i'm like oh she's mad i don't know why she's mad and so like the thing was like why is she mad and there's a lot of mystery around her character uh but like this episode she is fantastic so Mm -hmm. like so tala gets obi-wan in yeah she has it so tala is undercover it's Mm -hmm. it's a very tense like, and she is like basically episode. sacrificing her role in the path yeah. to rescue Leia because she will never be able to go back to, you know, being a double agent after this. Mm-hmm. So she she gets in, uh, she gets Obi-Wan in through like underwater, basically. Yeah. Um, and there's some like wonderful, like classic sort of, I feel like Clone Wars uh, Obi-Wan hijinks like going yeah. through tunnels and trying to avoid stormtroopers and it's it's really fun to watch um, meanwhile Tala is there's the stress of her is she going to be found out and you know all these things and Obi-Wan get, finds Leia just as she's about to be tortured mm-hmm. asks her distraction like Tala causes the distraction by basically being like I'm a double double agent yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> which was awesome yeah yeah. Uh, and then it's this great, like, action sequence of Obi-Wan trying to get Leia out. Um, while well, he, before he gets her out, he walks through this, like, horror oh, chamber. God. I, I like, blocked like, it out of my head. Yeah, of, like, dead <laughs> Jedi. Like, and one of them's a young, like, like it's intense. Well, and so I'd read, like, we know that Jedi cremate their dead. Mm-hmm. So it's significant because their, their bodies, like, continue to give off force energy, right? And that's part of why they're cremated, I think. I don't That I would make like, sense. I did not know that, but I that would I feel like I read sense. that somewhere at some point. Um, but so it feels like extra horrific that they would keep these Jedi Preserved and younglings and, and whomever bought there's bodies like in it's awful. It's just so intensely awful. Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan ha- but this is this is what's so great about the series and seeing this point because we've seen now this sort of era from Rebels, right? Yeah. And that's, it was a whole new cast. It wasn't a cast that we were familiar with as having gone through the Clone mm-hmm. Wars. And mm-hmm. 
getting to see it from Obi-Wan's perspective, who's such a personal character to so many of us, of course it's going to be, these are the horrors of war, right? Ooh. These are the horrors of what, what, like, not that, like, it's just, it's showing, it. like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, like, they were sl- massacred, they were yeah. slaughtered, like, it's, it is, it's a, it's a horrible truth. on display. Yeah, oh. and so he, um, it's like, and I do wonder if that is going to come back at some point in terms of like what they're doing. Um, and so, uh, but he, he hears Leia screaming for him basically because mm-hmm. she's about to be tortured and she's terrified. Um, and he manages to run in and grab her before um, anything happens. And, um, and and Tala, meanwhile, is is up against Riva. Tala yeah. is like trying to sell this lie. I thought she was very good. I thought she was very good. Like trying to sell this lie that she's a double double agent, that she knows she has to give up where the like a piece of where the path are. Like she has mm-hmm. to sort of figure out what to do there and, yeah. and does it admirably. Um and then Obi-Wan gets gets Leia, the alarm goes off, Riva before because Riva's a Reva's not buying it. She's like, it's better off just to get rid of you mm-hmm. than on the chance that you are not lying, essentially. But before Reva can kill Tala, she goes. At, she has to go back and figure out what's going on with Leia. So there's this great like action sequence of like everybody trying to get out. We get our amazing Obi Wan hiding Leia under the trench coat moment. Yep, <laughs> which is so on brand. Like mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. if you've watched Clone Wars, it is. Yep the most on brand it's a big anakin plan in my opinion yeah like big anakin energy coming out of obi-wan here yeah yes i hundred (laughs) percent um and so they get they do get away it's a great action set piece though right like reva is like running it's like one of those it's like in the hangar so you get all the like stormtroopers shooting and then, like, the, like, the, I mean, basically the re- rebels, the path comes through with some ships to provide cover while they're trying to get to, um, while they're trying to get to the ship and they manage to get off. But one of the, one of the ships is destroyed in the process. And yeah, because so Riva uses the force to pull it back. The ship in. Yeah. Um, and so then, they make it out, but not without, you know, what, not without sacrifices. Not without sacrifice. And Vader shows up and is super mm-hmm. pissed off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does the choking thing to Riva and is like, you failed, blah, blah, blah. And Riva's like, no, I put a tracker. Don't worry. This was on purpose. I let them get away, which was great because there yeah. is a moment where I was like, how is she being so bad at this? Yeah, like Leia's <laughs> droid Lola mm-hmm. has a tracker on it. Um, and like this, she's basically sabotaged the droid. So, um, and I can't remember if it's at the end of this episode or the beginning of episode five where he like officially makes reva the grand inquisitor uh five okay um so yes at at the so then that's sort of how four ends um with (laughs) this terrifying notion of like they're being tracked and they don't even know it which is like when I say, it's always it's it's, it's stress. such a Star Wars trope, yeah. Such oh my god! And then episode five was so tense, <laughs> and I watched it like I pause these episodes a lot when they get really tense, and like you know, like to like, but like I like I had a call. I started at like eleven thirty, and I had a call at <laughs> one, and I was like, I'll eat my lunch. Plenty of time. It was not plenty of time. 
because this episode was so tense and I kept pausing and I kept watching the minutes go down. I was like, oh God, like it's going to be even more tense if I have to pause it for an hour and pay attention to a call. So then I was just like, okay, no more pausing. Just play, just play, just play. And like, I was like panicking and like watching almost through my fingers. But um, yeah, so uh, Reva becomes the Grand Inquisitor. Well, so this episode is what's, this is a big episode. I think this is, I feel like, like every episode has been better than the one before it, and not in like a any of them were bad kind of way, but just the way they learn what comes before the story, and storytelling. Yeah, yeah, is just really really strong. And so this episode, fairly early on, we we get a flashback mm-hmm. of Anakin and Obi Wan in Attack of the Clones era because Anakin's mm-hmm. got his little ponytail and his little Padawan mm-hmm. braid and. Ewan's got that terrible, yeah, terrible mullet hair. And can I just can I just say uh, something about? There's been a lot of comments about de-aging Anakin mm-hmm. and de-aging Hayden Christensen for this. Why didn't they? And I want to respond with that that they clearly did de-age him, but they left some of his you know lines around his mouth and eyes because that's what makes it look not real and not authentic. Yes. So like if you look at what Hayden Christensen looks like now, they did clearly de-age him but i i actually think it was funny i was like talking to my sister about it and she was like i think it's makeup she was like i think they mostly Maybe. used makeup instead Maybe. which i'm fine with because i think i'm fine with we it. don't want uncanny valley like yeah. we, don't, we don't need These, it we, this is the reality of telling stories across decades like your actors are gonna get older and i would much rather them do that than like do what they're doing with like luke right now with the like you know completely digital like i don't even know like it's fine but like you know i'm not sure i love it you know <laughs> but it's i will say like it was seeing... and he brought the energy exactly too. I was and i'm say. so glad they didn't do a digital face on somebody else's body because you needed hayden christensen to do that and you like you know what the, i mean like paralleling between who he was when these movies came out and now and it's like it's seamless if you look at the way he moves you look at the way i'm the so smi- that half glad. creepy half smile I, I just like the and the simmering anger. He's I'm so glad he got to come back and inhabit this role again with this story. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot to be said for the prequels, which we have said over which and we over. Have said. Yeah, but there's good story in the prequel. There's the good prequel, story in the there's prequels. There's good stories. Yes. Rough execution at times. Yeah, and one of my big things is like. The Clone Wars fills in that rough execution. Yes. Like, thanks to, like, Matt Lanter's Anakin. um, Mm -hmm. And I tweeted something to this effect. Like, he made me absolutely love and care for the Anakin of the prequels. When with the prequels on their own, I didn't necessarily have an emotional investment in him. And so, no, seeing this scene and then knowing Hayden... Yes. Was in that Vader costume. Because people, a lot of people have been like, why are they even bringing, who cares if they bring back Hayden to play like Vader in the costume? But I'm like, we it need matters. It. it matters. I need, like, knowing that he's in that costume and knowing that he, like, it's just, it makes it so real and like so heartbreaking. And so having this back and forth, because what happens with this flashback of Anakin and Obi-Wan training during a lightsaber duel is we're seeing the beginning of who Anakin becomes eventually. Uh-huh. And we get to see sort of how he fights as Anakin uh-huh. and ha- this the fight at the end of this episode with Riva 
as Darth Vader and they're both terrifying and they're both excellent. Like the, the jewels presented multiple sort of um, storytelling devices in, mm-hmm. in, it was so smart. It was just so, 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 yes. so smart. Because um, it makes, it also makes the point that Anakin's focus on winning mm-hmm. the, the battle will sometimes cost him to basically lose the war. Right. Like the whole thing, the whole thing is clearly the, the, the flashback that Vader is, thinking of because it cuts from the flashback to vader uh-huh. is a a parable for what he and obi-wan are going to do over the course of the episode and it's it's uh-huh. excellent yeah, uh, but good. so we it starts with that flashback of the two of them and it's heartbreaking and just like a, a lot of emotions i think for many of us who are watching and then vader it cuts to current current Obi-Wan time. For and you, they, too. You wrote Anakin. Like, uh, you know? No, yeah. I, know. Like, I love him so much. I know. <laughs> like, there's a personal for you. You wrote Anakin in Stories of Light and Dark, the Clone Wars anthology. And, like, you got in his head. And, like, that's that's hard. It is. It's It was... It's interesting. I, for a... Which we've talked about, too. Like, having a series like this that we've literally grown up with our entire lives. And what that can mean for story and what that can mean for characters that we love. Um, and there's more more to come. I'm not ready yeah. for it. We'll, we'll talk about it, but I'm not, I'm not ready for the second okay, episode of this. Okay, so basically they're tracking the path to this planet and, um, you know, Reva becomes the Grand Inquisitor. And yep. they're tracking the path to this planet and the people on the planet don't know that they're being tracked. They're being tracked. We have this trying- like very funny scene of Lola, like evil droid Lola with her red yeah. light. Like yes. flies up. And- a little bit, a little bit like on the nose. But it's okay. very funny. Uh, it's very Star Wars. But yes, there are all these like force sensitive families on uh, Jabim who need to get out. So like, yeah, they're on this planet and, and Obi-Wan is like, we need to get Leia back to Alderaan. And they're like, first, we have to get these people out of here. They have been waiting. I was like, fine. Yeah. But of course, we know now that Vader and Reva are on the way. They're like, do the thing. Lola goes in, gets the doors closed tight. They can't, they're like, the. Basically, closes the, closes the, um, basically the, the huge spaceport door. The spaceport door. Thank you. So they can't escape in a ship. Mm hmm. Um, and of course, everybody's like, something's wrong. Blah, blah, blah. And then they show up, and Vader yeah. sends Reva down to get Obi Wan with a contingent of stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. And one scene I really loved was Leia, like them talking about like they need to manually yes. open the doors, and Leia's like, and and the guys like, I can't, I can't crawl around in there. It's too small. I'm not small enough. And Leia just walks up and is like, get me a ladder. I'll do it. And the guy's like, you're not going to do it. You're just a kid. And Obi-Wan's like, get her a fucking yes. letter. Because like, Obi-Wan's like, she is capable. She yeah. will do it. <laughs> I, and I, like, really appreciated Agreed. that. Um, uh, I thought it was very, like, I thought, like, I thought that was a really, really, like, nice small moment. It's a nice moment of, like, acknowledgement of Obi-Wan recognizing who this person is. Because Obi-Wan, yeah. of course, have understood what younglings could be. At the age they were at. So why yeah. wouldn't he let this kid mm-hmm. go and like climb into this space and try to fix the doors, right? Yeah. Um, so there's this tense moment where Obi-Wan's like, okay, we just have to stall. We just have to keep them out. You have an hour to get these doors open. That is what we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they get down. Reva gets down there. It's They're at this He's like using one- like a 
some sort of they're like cannon cannons or something break down the door and like the door's not gonna hold so mm-hmm. obi-wan's like okay i need to buy some time so let me talk to her oh, oh boy this scene this scene so like we've been interspersed this of course with the flashbacks between obi-wan and anakin and it's becoming clear that anakin has that aggressive fighting style he just wants to win then we have obi-wan going to talk to reva and they're very, it's a very like intimate scene. It's really mm-hmm. wonderfully done. And Obi-Wan's on one side of the door, Reva is on the other, and they're sort of like speaking in low voices to each other. And Obi-Wan asks the question we've all been asking, and that because he knows Anakin well enough to know that he would, that Vader, that Vader would keep his true yes. identity secret. So the question we have, and we, you and I asked in episode two, like, how does she know? Mm-hmm. And it clicks for Obi-Wan that the only way she could have known that he was Anakin is if she was a youngling in the temple and saw Anakin come in. And because that's what we find Obi-Wan, out. we remember in Revenge of the Sith at the end, Obi-Wan, the only way he accepts what Anakin has become and is agrees to like Ugh. confront him on Mustafar is the footage of him like slaughtering the younglings in the temple. And it's what the show started with. The show mm-hmm. Obi-Wan opens the like in that first episode with the slaughtering of the the younglings at the temple which yeah. god that was hard to watch. I will say I appreciate they put now. a they put like a content warning oh, they on this did? episode. Yeah, oh, on this did. one they did. They on did. Yeah. Cuz like you watch it maybe you like like yeah on Disney Plus like yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. watching I appreciated that because they didn't have one in that first episode, mm-hmm. and I was like, and "That was I really wish right after had. that the school shooting, and it was mm-hmm. it was intense. It was rough." Um, and so yes, we we find out that Reva was one of the younglings. It was this was actually immensely difficult to hear. Also, mm-hmm. um, that and she, she thought that Anakin was was there to, to save, save her. her, and then she had to pretend to be dead and just lie there on the ground with all her friends. It was just it's awful. And it immediately, like, Moses Ingram is so good in this scene. And so it comes out that this whole thing that everything she's doing is to take Vader down. It's not, she is not serving Vader. But that doesn't, like, and I think the nuance here is super interesting. She's not, she's, ser- she's not serving Vader, but that doesn't mean she's not a Sith. And that you she's know what I mean? a, yes, yes. Like agreed. she's clearly dark side. She's ruthless. She's willing to kill whoever she has to, to obtain her revenge. Like those mm-hmm. are emotions of the dark side. Like, you know, the anger, the revenge. And she is like, her anger is like, you know, is I mean, she is real at some right? point. Yeah. And she's so like, I think, and ruthless. And I think that that nuance is really, I, I liked that. Like agreed. you can like, I, I like she, I, I like that nuance, but anyway, and so Obi Wan is like, "I will help you take him down. Let's work together." And she's like, and "Why she, would I trust you?" Yeah, right. And because that's what that that like idea of that she's Sith, she's ruthless, she's impulsive. But there is such emotional damage that she's working mm-hmm. from. And you know? like when she talks about it, like you can you can Ugh, hear the, the trauma. Like Moses yeah. Ingram is really good. Like just you can hear the pain, and you can hear like she lives in that moment. Like. Mm-hmm. Like it's it is oh it's so good it's that scene is so good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like the two of them it's like breaks my heart and so there she gets a lot of really wonderful moments actually because like he makes this offer and she sort of like she asks him where he was first which was great mm-hmm. right like, like Anakin like, was your apprentice right like where where were you what have you been doing with this your old apprentice taking over the galaxy like this, right? And he can't answer. He doesn't want to tell 
anybody. Like he doesn't. Yes. Oh, we should note that there's a there's moment. one important. I just that just I just right, thought of like, that with the um, communicator. <laughs> Bail Organa sends him a message that basically like I know we agreed on no contact, but I haven't heard from you. I'm getting nervous, and if I don't hear from you soon, I'm gonna go help Owen with the boy on Tatooine. Yes. Um. So you know, Riva asks him these questions. He can't answer. He doesn't say anything. And there's this great moment where her she uses her lightsaber and it just cuts through the door and I gasped. I was like, because <gasps> it, like, it just like um, gets him from like his stomach. Like it's yeah. And so she cuts through the door and it immediately like all hell breaks loose basically. Yeah. She's like, how would I, how can I, and you understand like, how can she trust this person who yep. from her perspective just abandoned his responsibility? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, if Anakin it's not is just, to blame, it's, so is And I think Obi-Wan. it's not just Obi-Wan in terms of, um, I think it's not just Obi-Wan in terms of he was your, um, he was your um, apprentice. apprentice, but I think it's also like all of the Jedi elders just like abandoned the younglings to die, like to be slow. You know what I mean? Like there's a bit of like, I imagine, you know, like I imagine there's some trauma there around like. I think it's, it's almost. I think Obi-Wan is specific in terms of the Jedi. I think the rest of it is general abandonment. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think she saw, I agree with you, but I think she saw the Jedi wholly as abandoning everybody. Yeah, that's um, what, yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I think, like, her, her, it wasn't just, like, you have responsibility here because your apprentice was Anakin. It, it is, like, larger, the larger the entire, the Jedi, I think it's like, both. all the elders. Yeah, all the elders abandoned right? us. Like, like I, I think, think it's, it's both. both. I think her right. anger with Obi-Wan is highly specific in her anger with Obi-Wan. But I think both of those things, like, both the anger and frustration at general abandonment by the Jedi and the anger at Obi-Wan for what she sees as his responsibility with Anakin contribute to her choices here where she's like, fuck this. No, like we're just going to fight And the stormtroopers come like, and it's a terrifying fight. It's it's a terrifying fight and they're losing and it's bad and they lose people, including sadly the, the draw, basically the, the Tala gets hit mm-hmm. and the droid comes over her and protects her like from like, and like, she's like, it's bad. Like it's and Obi-Wan stomach. is like, trying to get to her, get to her. And she pulls out like a, the, one of those bomb things. Those, those yeah. I don't, yeah. The, the, the things. like things with the thing and the, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't remember what they're called and thermal detonators, maybe, yes, maybe. Um, thermal, like it's some sort of detonator. I don't know. And then like, it's like get inside and like sacrifices herself basically to like take out a bunch of the stormtroopers and to give them cover to like retreat inside and shut mm-hmm. the blast door. And so it's brutal. It's brutal. It's a really hard scene to watch. Like a lot of this was like hard scenes to watch. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, this like flashback duel is still going on. Anakin thinks he's won. He's like, I, I beat you. And Obi-Wan's like, you didn't though, but okay. And that it continues. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anakin like takes his weapon and he still is like, you still haven't won though. And mm-hmm. then we we cut back and we see sort of like, Obi-Wan is like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy some time so you can surrender. Yeah. Like, well, and no, yeah, I'm gonna surrender so you can get away. Get away. Basically. Mm-hmm. But like Vader also pulls Reva back at that point. Yes. And it's like, don't keep going in. I've got him cornered. Obi-Wan is now mine. Ooh, it's very good. Like it is very he's much gonna about surrender. Obi-Wan. Like he knows, he knows Obi-Wan's gonna surrender, and he's like, I like 
like, so he pulls Reva back. Mm-hmm. And so Obi-Wan gives himself up, comes out. They have this, like, sort of, again, like, it's Obi-Wan. He, like, gives Haja his uh, lightsaber and, and blaster and all of that. And it's, like, protect Leia. Yeah, and uh, he's like, how are you still trying to open the, like a- the door or whatever? Yeah, and he's like, how are you going to fight him without a weapon? And it's like, um, you know. There are more weapons not- than than that, right? Uh, and so, and yeah, he's still he- talking, he's still talking low to Riva. Mm-hmm. And is like, I am not, I am not, like, it's, I don't remember exactly what he says, but it's very, like, I am not surrendering to you. I am bringing Vader That's, to you. It's such a good line. You're not bringing me to Vader. I'm bringing Vader to me basically yeah it's so good it's so 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 good and uh reva sort of is like oh well that doesn't okay because he's like really we can fight him together he keeps offering this up to reva and reva is just she's not in a place to be able to accept that what i think in is her fair. life has been about trust why, exactly which why would this person she? she doesn't even know and so she sort of gets really pissed off. She gets pulled back. She sends Obi-Wan back in with the troopers. Obi-Wan immediately is like, Kills him. bye. <laughs> and goes off. And then Vader shows up and is like, it's fine. I got this. Uh, and this leads to a very like <gasps> incredible sequence because they're getting in the ship and like Vader steps in just as the ship takes off. And then he halts the whole ship which like you know they can do that we've seen that before but you feel like they're getting away and you're like oh my god like he's just gonna stand there like like you know like but nope well so it what that shot to me was like that incredible shot in the force awakens when kylo ren stops the blast like the Mm -hmm. the the blast from the the blaster or whatever and it's it's like a breathtaking moment because you're just like holy shit that like it's an immediate sense of like power and how horribly he's going to use this power and the the size of the ship it's a huge huge ship, ship. and then it's not just he brings it to the ground he starts he like pulling it, it apart so you're like they can't even like restart the engines and escape but then it's empty it's empty and, and it's like this get away ship and then the second ship you know gets away and then and then we, we see, like, the flashback again of Obi-Wan weaponless beating Anakin mm-hmm. and getting his lightsaber. And it's this lesson that he continued to try to impart on Anakin that Anakin never internalized. Um, and then, so, yes, it cuts back and it's like Reva decides to attack at that moment. And it's a great fight. Like, it is. Vader doesn't even take his saber out. Yeah. Like, he just, like, doesn't need to. It's yeah. wild. It's so cool. Yeah. And he says, like, oh, I see Obi-Wan used you, which is, like, powerful because Well, he says that Obi-Wan was smart to use you. And it's, right? like, it's, like, it's, like, it's, it's interesting. Because you, you, can, you can argue, well, no, he tried to get them to work together and, you know, they did. And, like, but also, yes, he did use her. He did. Like everybody he else, her. he abandoned her. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, I'm of like, I'm, I'm, I'm two minds of it. And I think you're supposed to be of two minds of it. That's not, you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, but they're, they're fighting and it's, you know, we got to see the, the double windmill uh, lightsaber in real life, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to see Vader be like, yeah, try it. And yeah. he stops the, the pinwheeling from happening. He gets the saber away from Riva. And he stabs her with it. Mm-hmm. And it's 
and then he just like sort of like lets her drop and then there's this so you said in your text that you weren't sure about how you felt with this yes. reveal um but basically i was not sure if Reva was if they were going to kill Reva off and I was like I would not be happy with that outcome which they weren't which they weren't yeah I read up on it after that like it basically like is Reva dead Obi-Wan <laughs> Google search well, I think and like every clear, everyone's right? like like I mean the, the wound was bad the wound and there's was nobody bad. there yeah. to give her like put her in a back to tank so I'm like I hope they really I hope they didn't just do this and they didn't yeah uh, she is but like also what they reveal is that Vader knew the whole time. Vader knew the whole time. That she wasn't serving him and that the the Great Inquisitor is still actually alive, which explains how he can be in Rebels later. Yes. I This worked for me because there's no universe in which Darth Vader can be Darth Vader and she could get one up on him. Yeah, right? I agree. It had to be where she was working in service of whatever he thought was going on. Mm-hmm. Like, he yeah. thought she would get him to Obi-Wan. He used her. Like, period. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, that reveal worked for me completely. It worked very well. Yeah. I think it all worked for me. But so, basically, and so this scene, this the episode basically ends on two different scenes. First, Reva, like, kind of crawling over to the busted communicator Ugh. that, and seeing a hollow of Bail Organa saying he was going to Tatooine. And like a, with Owen. he says children, I think at one yeah. point, or child at one point. Like it's, it's broken, so it's like stilted pieces of the message. So she doesn't get the whole message, but she gets Organa, she gets Tatooine, and she gets child, I think. Mm-hmm. And she gets Owen. She does mm-hmm. get that, I think, that Owen, name. Owen. So like to know who to look for. Yeah. And then um, the ship, which has taken off, their hyperspace drive is broken. So they oh can't really escape. And that's where it leaves off. Well, sort of. It's Obi-Wan has an inkling of something might be wrong. Yeah. But he says it's nothing. And then it cuts to Luke, little baby Luke, asleep in his bed. And then the episode ends. Yeah. I am so stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that, so That anxious. last episode is going to be stressful. And, like, I really want uh, Reva to, like, I want her to survive this series i want her to I become like a will. yeah i want her to become like a staple character and i don't you know, know what i mean like i but agree but i don't think she'll ever like be redeemed and become a jedi but no. like i could see her like she will all she, she could be like ventress basically like a like you know like a kind of after her own ends but like you know Ooh, i don't know, I don't know. Yeah. oh it's so good it was so good mm-hmm. this episode was mm-hmm. so good mm-hmm. like everyone was good in it the fight scenes were so good. Like, oh, I loved it. I loved everything yeah. about it. And I, her backstory was a hundred percent believable. Yes, hundred motivated. Like, it made it made everything. Like her, the writing of her character, it just like crystallized everything. Made yeah. everything make sense. I keep going back and forth on whether, like, I fully appreciate how wonderful that scene was between her and Obi Wan with the reveal. But part of me is thinking about. Would I have wanted it seated a little bit earlier? Not necessarily telling us, mm-hmm. but being a little more forthright with like something deeper. And I don't know. It's like I don't think so personally for a couple of reasons. First, like we needed to really see her ruthlessness and her sure. like anger. I think that's it. And be like her story is the only one we don't know how it ends. Yeah, that's true. It. 
That's and true. so I feel like they had to draw it out with her, like a little bit. Like if you, we pretty much know, like yes, Tala, yes, mm-hmm. uh, like some of the other characters we don't know, but she is the like, I would say the like her like major character we don't know, and so yeah. like I feel like and that she her character is one that presents the big questions. Yeah, of, no, like, that's the first true. episode. So like, that's a good point. I think it worked well. Um, watching it episodically. Like, I think, like, our discussion in episode two of, like, not understanding, I think that was valid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, because we didn't at the time. But, like, just, like, we both said at that point, like, it'll come. Like, yes. They're, they're not yeah. going to leave us with this question. But I think yeah. I think it worked. I personally think it worked well and the pacing of it worked. Um, because also not understanding it. Under, here's the thing. Understanding that brings hope that she could be turned. Hope that she could be redeemed. Yes. And I think not, I think having that earlier would have made it less tense. Well, I don't, I don't know that I wanted, I didn't want them to tell us the story, mm-hmm. but I think I wish they had seeded that there was a reason for her, her anger because her anger was so different than everybody else's mm-hmm. around her. Like, I think that's what I am more getting at of like, just like this, because I, I don't think in that first episode, there is any hint of it no, other I, than her behavior. I, well, I think, I think there's a... I think in retrospect, the yes. scene in the Jedi Temple did see it, but we, you weren't supposed to know that. It's right. supposed to be hindsight is twenty twenty. Yes, and I, that's the point of like, I don't yeah. know how much I, I don't know what I would have preferred, right? Having not yeah. seen the other version of it. Like, mm-hmm. I think her story is very impactful. And I just, I don't, it's just something I was thinking about of like, would I have wanted? Yeah something in that first episode that was Mm -hmm. just the slightest bit heavier handed than what we got because it's incredibly subtle Mm -hmm. Um, it is it is very very subtle and you think it's referring to the jedi that obi-wan meets in episode one and it turns out it's not you know oh it is so good though the show is so good good, and deborah chow i mean like (sighs) holy crap god she and she like like this you can tell this universe lives rent free in her head yes she gets it and she has a clear clear vision and it's working really really well for where Mm -hmm. this takes place oh it's Mm -hmm. so good yeah it's really good okay what are you doing (sighs) what am i doing oh my god i'm thinking about this episode okay (laughs) what am i actually doing okay um i am uh i'm the host of PBS's Far Out, a YouTube series about the next 50 years or so in science and technology. Episode two will drop on the 30th of June on a PBS Terra, T-E-R-R-A's YouTube channel. You can watch episode one is out right now. I've also been doing promo for the show, so you'll find me on the Shifting Schools podcast, which is a STEM education-focused podcast. Um, the Around the Galaxy podcast, which is a Star Wars podcast, and I talk about a lot about Star Wars, my Star Wars origin story, all that sort of thing. Um so um, I'm also still doing my Wired column, also still doing, uh, still writing a book called The On Stargazing for Chronicle Books, and um, which will be out next year. And um, I am putting a pause on science videos on around the internet on TikTok. Um, not that I'm not going to do them, but just I've been on deadline the past couple of weeks and just have not had the bandwidth to film them. So those will be back at some point, but I'm not plugging them right now because I have not done one in like a week. <laughs> Um, okay, I am just gonna say, please pre-order my Spider-Man book. That's all I'm gonna say. Spider-Man's yes. Social Dilemma. Pre-order it. 
get a Please sticker. Please do. I have read I've read the first hundred pages um, only because do you, you want to know the reason I've only read the first hundred pages <laughs> because my child keeps walking into my room and walking off with the galley. So I don't currently know where the galley is because he is obsessed with Spider like Spider Man. Mama is Spider Man, and like he's obsessed with Spider Man and he loves Spider Man. Apparently, he talks about Spider Man all day at school now. <laughs> And he has, like, wandered off with this book. I would not be surprised if this book was in his, like, school bag. Like, he is obsessed with this book. He loves it. Um, Like, there's, like, multiple videos I have of, like, him just talking about how great, like, Spider-Man is and how great this book is. So, um, but I have read the first hundred pages and I can tell you it's delightful. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) My my toddler also approves and gave an official blurb for the book if you were, if you were um, interested. It's true. We'll we'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, you can pre-order it wherever you get your books. But like I said, if you pre-order from Little Shop of Stories, Indicator, Georgia, will, I'll sign it. We will it. put that link in the show notes. Yes, yes. The link will be in the show notes. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, what are you into? So I just started a book called When Women Were Dragons by Kelly Barnhill. Oh, and this I is love a book- Kelly Barnhill. Okay, so I never read anything by her, but this She's is what so a lot good. of people have been talking about. I just started the audio, and it is about a, like, a, basically it's set in kind of a fictionate alternate universe where a bunch of women like spontaneously turn into dragons and it's kind of written as a study of like how these all these like and it's a book it's a book about female anger basically Mm -hmm. and like it's written as kind of like a study of a woman who did not spontaneously turn into a dragon like researching how what happened researching this phenomenon because a lot of the like research around it has been suppressed because people didn't want to even acknowledge it's happening and like just I'm, I'm not very far into it, but it's very good so far and written in a way I really like, um, kind of like a research-based novel, which I am like kind of obsessed with that kind of book. And so it's really good. I'm also still watching The Silent Sea on Netflix, which is a Korean sci-fi uh, drama. It has definitely turned the corner to horror, so I'm taking it slow, but it is <laughs> got to watch it when it's light outside and I'm not alone in my house, but it's good. I really like it. <laughs> know that feel. <laughs> mm-hmm um okay what am i'm into like all things dc right now like that's just the world i'm living in so like like i said earlier the dc pride uh anthology that came out last week was so good and had so many amazing creators in it uh and then the dc pride tim drake special came out this week and it is delightful it is Mm -hmm. like megan fitzpatrick and balen ortega's tim drake is like the most adorable and i love it uh, but there's a lot of good stuff in there. You've got like Danny Lure had some stories. Alyssa Long had some stories. Like it's really, really good. Uh, G Willow Wilson just launched a Poison Ivy miniseries with DC, yes. DC this week. The first issue is fantastic. It's it's funny. I saw this thing recently that was like when Poison Ivy like back in the day was like she's the bad guy. She wants to stop people from making the world hotter. And you're like, no, actually, but we're on your side poison ivy yep 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 <laughs> we're yep, with 100%. you Dory pam um and then i am finally on the third arkham game oh wow the batman arkham knight it's so good and like okay. i i don't know that i realized like how fucked up it was gonna be okay okay good to know good to know but it it is there is like i will say there are some jump scares which i was not anticipating um and there's a lot i'm very bad at the batmobile like oh yeah like oh yeah hilariously bad yeah uh so it's it's fun on easy mode as as Mm -hmm. we both love 
But yes. yeah, it's because you also bought the collection, right? Yes, I did. It was like on sale for like six. It might still yeah. be on sale. It was on sale for like it six dollars like, or something for very all three games. Yeah, yeah, like I think I spent eight dollars and got like hours of entertainment mm-hmm. <laughs> because it comes with all the DLCs. Yeah. It comes with everything. Yeah, um, highly recommend if you were sitting on it. Like now's the time. But yeah, yeah there it, and it is funny to see like sort of the the way the like. Um, graphics have shifted obviously like this last game i'm like oh these are good graphics yeah okay okay yeah. <laughs> instead of the, Honestly, like it doesn't really bother me to play games with bad graphics like i've been playing tomb raider like i'm almost done with the second <laughs> tomb raider game Fair. and it's like i mean it's like 2015 ish it's not that long ago but it's like not you know no yeah no it's and they're not bad it's just like now i'm yeah. in like more modern and also like the voice work is so good yeah you've got kevin conroy who i will say kevin conroy has a uh short story in the dc pride anthology that is a must read like it's biographical it's like really heart-wrenching and it's just really really good but he's great and of course mark hamill is the joker and is excellent as always so yeah um okay we are part of the hard knock life podcast network you can find all the podcasts in the hard knock media family at hardknockmedia.com that's n-o-c for nerds of color and thank you to our Patreon supporters. Thank you to Meredith, Rita, and Rita at the $12 level, and Amber, Jordan, Annie, Brandy, Claire, Brian, Robert, Chris, the Knott family, Priya, Geisha, Ruth, and Gavita at the $5 level. Uh, and you can find out more at patreon.com slash theseegeekgirls. Uh, we are on Twitter at theseegeekgirls. I am on everything at runwithskizzers, S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S. I am on Twitter and Instagram at SKrishna. I'm on uh, TikTok at Swapna underscore Krishna. And until next time. Until next time. We'll see, we'll you, see you in, in hell. hell.